And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of that Dynamite Review Show on the Technology News Talk. And this is the double or nothing uh, post uh, post show. Uh, and this is the the aftermath. I would, I would say aftermath of the double or nothing. And um, yeah, for for yeah, for this this week's Dynamite. And um, and also welcome my co-host with the most. Mr. Leland Bedford, what's up, bro? How you feeling uh, for this Dynamite after Double or Nothing? Yeah, this Dynamite was pretty hype. What is up, everybody? I'm ready to talk about it, and hopefully we can talk about some of all the new information that we, that's been coming out about Fight Forever, AEW's uh, first video game into the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think this was more... Um, Try to build everything towards uh, uh towards collision and towards um the forbidden door because um we'll we'll get to the um to the everything that was announced for for rampage and everything they they were starting to to build up yeah so yeah so you kind of so so yeah just kind of expect to see um a lot of uh new Japan stars on dynamite for the for the next couple of weeks uh leading up to forbidden door and uh some of the matches um. That that was on Dynamite tonight. Kind of give you a, a little glimpse that what we might see at Forbidden Door. Well, we're gonna give our thoughts and opinions. That some it, it may happen or it may not happen, but but we'll give our thoughts and opinions once we go down uh, go down the show, run down the show. Yeah, there's a couple of huge and the huge announcement on this episode of Dynamite, and then also there was some little Easter eggs leading up to the storylines. Uh, leading up to blood and guts and all these different events, but a couple of little Easter eggs was laid in this episode of Dynamite. Yeah, and um, to start off the show, uh, we had the Blackpool Combat Club members, uh, John Mosley, Claudio Castanoia, and Wheeler Europe goes against the uh, the Lucha Bros and Bandito. So this was um, uh, a recap from for what they had uh, before Double or Nothing when. Um, Cario Casanova and Wheeler Yuta faced the Lucha Bros for the RH um uh, tag team titles. Of course, the Lucha Bros won. So this is more a payback for the the BCC. So um it was a very hard start to uh to start the show. Very action packed there. Especially this is more of a showcase for Wheeler Yuta for the set for the second week in a row. Because um if y'all because uh, we talked about it on. Uh, during during our double or not the uh, pay per view review that uh Wheeler Yuta had actually pinned Kenny Omega in the NRK area mm-hmm. arena match, so he got the pin again, uh, but for this week, so they really showcasing Wheeler Yuta this time. Well, he is the youngest guy. He is the one with the uh you know longest future ahead of him. But you know some of these guys been wrestling for decades now, so. Um, he is the future of the wrestling, you know, business. So it was good to have it. Um, I mean, I think I always say this in a lot of our shows. I think AEW does this so well that when they when they put these young guys with these veterans, it's only going to make the business. They're really invested in their their future at AEW. Uh, if you don't think AEW plans to be around for a long time, then look at what they're doing when pairing these younger guys, these talented guys with these absolute veterans, um, these absolute guys who know the business, who knows it, been, been worked with the indies, worked with big companies. I mean, Willa Yuta 
never were, I don't, as far as I know, never had any kind of matches in WWE, but he's surrounded with three different guys who stayed in WWE 10 plus years. I mean, how much knowledge is this guy getting, you know, with his coaches and his mentors? Same for Darby and Sting. How much knowledge does Darby have been passed on? Uh, AEW does this better than any other company, um, in my opinion. And they're pushing Yuta now. Yeah, you're like, you're right. He got the pin. You know, that's a big pin over this group. Um, but he got the pin to kind of push him and make him more. Uh, and they had the camera on him a lot that night. Uh, one spot that I want to call out is when Bandito had uh, Wheeler in that um, in the suplex position, the delayed suplex for a whole minute, having the crowd um, um, jump count to 60. Bandito is a hell of a talent as well. He is really a guy you need to keep your eye on. I love this Lucha Trios group. I really do. Um, it gives me those WCW callbacks. But great match. Great way to open it. The crowd in San Diego was hot for this match. The crowd was great all night. But this was a really good way to open your open your night. We also had Daniel Bryanson, uh, Daniel uh, Bryanson on commentating the whole time, putting the BB, uh, the BCC over. So yeah, yeah, really great, really great opener. Yeah, because um, they was asking uh Brian Daniel questions about um Don Callis. He was like, uh, uh-uh, like we can't speak on for Don Callis. And we just had to wait and see what are you gonna say uh during later on in the show. So so they they kind of confirmed that you not you but um. Takasha is not an official member of B, uh, BCC. They're not in cahoots, not, not to say, and that he, he said he didn't know that he was going to do that with a wink. Um, so he's not officially a member of that faction. Yeah, and um, uh, like, like, like I want to mention, um, Bandito, I got nothing against him, but um. I wish uh, that pack would come soon. Uh, I don't know what when he's expected to return, but um, we need to get a uh, death trial back on uh, back on board. Oh yeah, facts. Nothing like nothing like pack. Yeah, but um, uh, like I said before, uh, Yuta hit the uh the Benji's knee and the Avalanche elbow with the seat belt for for the pin. Um, and uh, yeah, the Black Bucon McCloud wins the uh the first opener of the night, and um. Alice Morez was backstage with the Young Bucks and Heyman of Page, asking how they are feeling at the, the Anarchy in the Arena match. Matt Jackson said the BCC brought out the worst in them, as he never thought he would see the day that he's trying to burn off someone's face with an exploding sneaker. Page said they are still standing and they are still swinging, while the BCC relies on the numbers game. Evil Uno entered as Alex Reyes and John Silver, who apologizing for interrupting them with his new friends. Page said go on after them, but Mariah's asked Page thoughts on word on Kenny Omega going back to, to Canada. Page said Omega didn't go back home to Canada and walk off. They are definitely implying that Omega are presumably gone to Japan and getting back up for the elite. So, um, I don't know if you saw. But um, are you subscribed to um to Pro Wrestling Unlimited on YouTube? Are you? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, because um, 
they they showed the video when um when after Double or Nothing went off the air, and uh, Kenny Omega basically said, "Oh, I'm going to Japan, and I'm gonna get some um not AEW oh. friends because um because remember I remember when I said that um that they yeah. would get a Kota Ibushi yeah from the elite, so." That's why I say, like, oh, did Kenny Omega leave? I'm like, no, Kenny Omega is not leaving, y'all. Okay. He is going to Japan to get some backup and inform the um the Golden Elite and bring in Kokoro Bushi. So that will uh, be their backup. So uh, whenever they face the BC uh, the, the Bapu Combat Cup again, which is gonna be um in Blood and Guts. So that's your Blood and Guts match. That sounds in incredible doesn't it yeah that is I that telling y'all that's such an incredible match that is going to be such an incredible freaking match first off seeing uh abushi in a match like that and a blood and guts match on american tv will be such a new experience you know because usually he kind of wrestles these classic kind of traditional matches strong style but it's never anything hardcore you know not that i know of i could be wrong you know but um as far as the matches i've seen him wrestle they all been kind of straight lace matches but to see him in that kind of environment i'm excited to see what he does yeah absolutely and we'll wait to see um when Kenny omega comes back and uh we'll definitely get into more what dark Kelly said because i think uh like i said before it's going to bleed into when we get to Bloody Gods, whether Code uh, Dejaquesa is part of the Black Blue Combat cover or not. But we'll get to that in a second. But um, Tony Schiavone was in the ring, and he introduced Switchblade Jay White and Juice Robinson to the ring. Asking him about their attack on Ricky Starr's backstage at Double or Nothing, White said he bet Starr's feels on top of the world, having eliminated both of them from the Battle Royal. But Starts is not the international champion, and he lost to White. Robinson bring up that FTR saved Starts from their attack, and FTR are not Starts' friends. Since Starts has no friends, White ran down FTR until the AEW World Tag Team Champions made their way to the ring. White and Robinson hid behind Cervati as they believe FTR are there to apologize to them and joined the the Bullet Club Gold, calling themselves top shelf top guys. White went to hand uh, the microphone to Harper, but dropped it, allowing Robinson to pop Harward with a handful of quarters and hit his finisher. White laid out uh, White with a Wheeler with a Blade Runner before bailing out as Ricky Starks made the save. Starks then challenged White to put an end to this uh, uh, next week on dynamite now this is why i say this might bleed into forbidden door because we might see ftr versus jy and juice robertson for the aew world tag team championships first off i love this promo uh with these guys i love how they was hanging all over tony shivani making him uncomfortable i really wish tony shivani had a little bit of mean gene orkula in him because Mean Gene didn't allow those guys to do that. He would always, you know, stand up for himself. Um, um, but rock hard, Juice Robinson. 
it's something retro and nostalgic about that guy. Like he just reminds me of that 90s, 80s wrestler. And Switchblade reminds me of that modern kind of promo, that Conor McGregor type of attitude, uh, that real bully aspect. And I really do like these two guys uh, together. They're really entertaining. And then they also really held their own with FTR in the ring. Um, um, it was funny. I was actually having a conversation with someone this Wednesday morning about how he used to watch wrestling. He remember seeing, um, I think it was like Mr. Perfect hit somebody with a uh, fist full of dimes. And he was like, oh, they don't do that stuff anymore. I said, I haven't seen that one in a minute. And then that night on Dynamite, Juice Robinson does the exact thing, hits somebody with a loaded fist. So I thought that was a unique uh, coincidence that that happened. And it also kind of throws back to the retro vibe of Juice Robinson that I'll be picking up on. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see more from Bullet Club Gold. There, there could be a nice DX, you know, not DX, but a little bit brutal kind of uh, group. They they hold they hold themselves in the ring and they can hold the hold their own on the mic. What do you think of uh, JY and Juice Robinson challenging FTR for the for the World Tag Team Titles at Forbidden Door? You think that'll be a possible match? I can see that, and I think it'll be a good match too. I mean they they are still you know dripping of New Japan. I mean these this is where these guys worked for the longest, so it definitely would have um, it would definitely have that kind of. Forbidden Door style still because these guys know the New Japan style. Okay, cool, cool. We'll see uh, how that uh, how that goes, and um, we move on to backstage to, to Tony Khan, and he makes a uh, announcement towards the the first uh, Collision show, and he says that the colli- that, that that Collision will not only be at the United Center, but it will feature the return of CM Punk. Wow. I have my pros and I have my cons on this one. Mussolini and Kennedy. CM now, Punk is back. Now, there was some loud cheers and there was some few bills from the yep. crowd. But uh, let me explain on this. Now, do I feel like it was too early to announce CM Punk? Yes. But I kind of feel like, well, why they did it uh, this week? Because um, they maybe want to boost ticket sales, maybe, because it's going to be the first collision show. I kind of understand why they did that. But here's the thing. Now, when CM Punk comes or come back to Chicago, uh, we all know he he's not going to get booed because it's his hometown. But is he going to come back as a baby face? Or should he come back as as a heel after what happened at, at All Out with the at the media scrum? Uh, you know, here's my theory. Here's a real theory, right? I got a theory that CM Punk was injured in that last match he had, winning the belt back from Oxley, and that they thought quickly on their feet, and that maybe all of this was a big work. And if that is true, if that theory is correct, then these guys have an opportunity to do a babyface or heel turn as important or as big as 
when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. You see what I'm saying? So if the elite ever became in trouble and CM Punk came down and turned and been a part of the elite for whatever reason, they have the chance to kind of do something big in that kind of regard. But having CM Punk have his own show, have his own kind of place where he can be the big dog and Dynamite can have their big dog. And then if he's the one to say collision is better than Dynamite, you know, and create this bland, this brand split where the collision guys are showing up on Dynamite, we then we're in we're in store for a lot of great TV as wrestling fans because we all know the brand split in WWE was some of the most exciting kind of times when it was w, you know uh, Raw versus SmackDown. That was some of the most exciting TV to see these guys come from either one. Will they have a chance now to do something like Survivor Series? You know, going forward, who knows? Um, but whatever it is. You can like it, you can hate it. It's happening. And Tony Khan is going to get his money's worth out of CM Punk one way or the other. And at the, you know, you spend that much money on a guy, why have him sit home and be on the shelf? Why, you know, just because he got in a fight. They're wrestlers, they're supposed to fight. So, but you're supposed to, you know, conduct yourself in a professional manner. So why give up on all that money, you know, when you pay for it? So I say, hey, it's a good business move. And now Andrade has a place to shine. Miro has a place to shine. You know, the Dynamite roster is filled. You know, we always talked about how not all the guys that he hired can get their shine, you know. Um, but now they can. Samoa Joe and CM Punk can possibly have a rivalry on collision. So, I mean, that's a callback to Ring of Honor like crazy. And maybe somebody like Samoa Joe would be good to be in a rivalry with CM Punk because he's a veteran and they know each other and got history. And I know Punk respects him. Now, babyface or heel, babyface. Act like nothing happened. Keep it forward. Keep it moving. Yeah, we'll see. Um, now we've been talking about um, who should be CM Punk's first uh, opponent in a feud, but um, we'll see uh, um, uh, how that goes. But um, I think I think the Ring of Honor belts is going to become the collision belts. I think Ring of Honor might have a bigger show in Collision than they do in Dynamite now. Mm, I think ROH is to stay where ROH is. I think I don't know, but like, is it too early to introduce these new belts? You know, will MJF be on both Collision and Dynamite? You know, what's going to happen there? Nah, they so, don't need to. Uh, they don't need to introduce new belts. Like the TNT title that can stay on Collision because uh, Collision is on TNT. And then uh, the TBS title can stay on Dynamite because uh, Dynamite is on TBS. So that that'll be on one way to like um to kind of spread out certain titles and let it breathe. So that way they can have their own rivalry and stuff. So that that could be a good way to kind of like let it let it breathe for a second. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll definitely see what their plan is. But at the end of the day, CM Punk is gonna want a belt around his waist. If he's not working on dynamite, you know, then what's the what's the alternative? You know, because the champion gotta be on dynamite. That's their flagship show. That's their raw. So um, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all pans out. Yeah, I will wait to think about uh putting out putting out another belt on CM Punk again. Well, I'll wait until Yeah, I understand that for sure. He seems to get a little 
um, power hungry once he has a belt around his waist. Yeah, I will wait. But um, speaking of belts, we had a um a three way match, which was potentially to see who will be the next um challenger for Orange Cassidy's international championship. So we saw a three way between Sheriff Strickland, Big Bill, and Trent Barretta. This was a pretty good uh three way as everyone got their chance to uh, to shine in their moments. But um, the the of course uh, like I said the finish was to, to believe that um everybody uh knew that um Sheriff Strickland was gonna win this match because um if y'all remember at double or nothing uh Sheriff Strickland and um Orange Cassidy was the final two so I kind of understand why they went this way because uh, they probably want to tell a story between Sir Strickland and Orange Cassidy. But uh, I think the one question we need to ask, will Sir Strickland be the one to dethrone Orange Cassidy? I think It's a possibility. I mean, Swerve looks good with a belt around him. Um, and I'm happy to see Swerve back on Dynamite more often and a part of the story. Um, this is a really good match between these three guys. I'm not going to lie on paper. I was looking like, what? Why is this a triple threat? But then I realized it was for the, the number one contender spot, and it makes sense. But this was a very pleasing match. They had a lot of great moments for Big Bill. Big Bill is a really good big guy wrestler. Like, um, he, you know, he really sells it. He bumps well. Uh, he moves good. Um, he looks threatening. Um, and, and I think all the styles mixed together really worked in this match. Trent showed really well. Um, but I'm happy with Swerve winning. I like. I want to see more Swerve versus Orange Cassidy. Um, I think they have an interesting mash mashup. Um, Swerve is one of my favorites in AEW. His style is just unique and quick and sharp. I like his theme song, so I'm cool. He might be the one, but I don't know. Now, Big Bill versus Orange Cassidy would have been very interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes, and um. We got a video package highlighting Chris Stander's road to recovery, ensuring that it culminating to her winning the TBS title at Double or Nothing, as she is officially the one in Jay Cargill's sixty and one. But uh, that ain't gonna be the only time we'll see Chris Stander, Chris Stander later on in that night. But um, Renee Parquet welcomed the acclaim and Daddy Ass to the to the to the interest stage. They said things that hasn't been going their way. At double or nothing when they lost their trios tag team title match against the uh the house of black gun said that he feels he let the acclaim down but caster said they win together and they lose together they are still the people's choice boris said that a few months ago when they were screwed out of their tag team gold and said gun deserved to hold gold one more time in his career the acclaim loved daddy ass and everyone loves the acclaim so I feel like this is ain't the last time we'll we'll see the acclaim and daddy ass versus the the house of black for the trio's titles. But um that that I'm uh, moving forward moving forward on. My and, bad, Trico. I had you on mute. I was saying, yes, they make a pol polar opposite team. My, I'm sitting here talking to nothing, guys. Um, but yeah, they make a good, they make a good, op, you know, polar opposites, you know. Um, and I think it would be good to see Daddy ass with some gold again. Yeah, and um, 
moving on uh, to what was the main topic for for that show for for that show and um Tony Giovanni he was so sick to announce Don Callis and Jose to get into the ring who had no interest music but instead was showered with so many boos from the crowd, oh my God, they were so loud. I, I swear to, I swear to God, they, I, I thought they was gonna riot. I haven't heard heat like that since Christian in Detroit. <laughs> now these guys were, it was nuclear heat, as some of some people said. Um, I mean, just boo after boo after boo. They did not let up on them. They, they killed it i mean this crowd did exactly what they were supposed to do um and this was uh a great moment and it really helps to sell the story of this portrayal yeah absolutely and um when donka said he hoped those booze are for kenny omega and he says callus is the real victim here running down all of kenny omega's accomplishments Thanks to Callis himself. Callis blamed the scar that he had to see every morning wake up on Omega. Why Callis say he lost a nephew, but he gains a son in Takesha, who is better than Rikazana, Azosie, Mena, Marushi, and Okada. Takashi will show soon that he is also better than Kenny Omega. Takoshi took the microphone and says they will destroy the elite and Kenny Omega. Kyle said Omega destroyed his family. So he's going to build a new one to eliminate the elite from all elite wrestling. Man. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> he said he was, he said Takasha was better than Okada. Mm-mm-mm. Yo, this crowd, again, if you go back and watch this promo and just watch how the camera team cut to certain members of the crowd, it was like Don in the crowd and Takashita was, that was the story. Them talking to the audience um, and the audience talking back. It was a lot of great cutaway moments seeing the audience react to them. But they got nuclear heat, and I don't think Tony Khan could ask for anything better than that moment right there. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Kenny Omega is going to get uh, uh, Okada. Uh, uh, Okada. And then that's where we get our blood and guts. We just have to be patient. And he said he's going to build a new family. So who else may come in Don Callis' corner? We'll see. And um, we got a highlight video of the TNT title ladder match at Double or Nothing with Warlow retaining over Christian Cage. R. Anderson talked about biting the lizard's man's thumb while Warlow said Luchasaurus found out to not get involved in their business, but he'd be more than, have more than happy to finish the job if Luchasaurus wants to be next in line. Man, I cannot wait for that one. I cannot wait for that. That is, yeah. Blood and Guts is going to probably be the best Blood and Guts ever this year. Yeah, and then we got a tag team match with the AEW International Champion Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus the Gates of Agony. And um, 
man, let me just say this. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, they make a pretty good tag team. They really do. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, they really do make a good team. Absolutely. I didn't think I didn't think they would. They have totally different styles, but they really do complement each other. Yeah. Even though um uh Cassie and um and Darby Allen was kind of like um I would say like 70% that after what happened on Sunday, but um but in the end they they still managed to uh to to, to get the win after Allen the judge hit the coffin drop for the win. But after the match, Cage, Strickland, and and Nada slowly walked up to the ring as they were about to uh, to attack. But um, Steen's music hit as the icon made his way to the ring, and the mobile uh, NBC retreated. But Strickland never took his eyes of the international title, so that kind of sets up for Cassie and um and Strickland. But um, I think uh Sting and uh, and Allen. We'll, uh, we'll face the, the rest of uh, the Gates of Agony. Also, the Gates of Agony is a very impressive-looking team. Um, they look like badasses. They look like you wouldn't want to fight them. Um, I think that's the team to keep keep your eye on going forward. Yeah, because um, they are still the uh, RA six-man tag team champions with, um, with Brian Cage, so... So now moving forward, I believe it was the was the hook interview, correct? Uh, we got a uh, a little highlight video shown from MJF successfully defending retaining his AEW World Title, and he said the clock is ticking, and AEW is running out of competition. They are running out of gladiators for MJF to slay. It has been made clear that no one is on the level of the devil. So. The question is, will he be wrestling at Forbidden Door? I don't know. After what he said at the media scrum, I don't think so, but we'll see. I don't think so. with MJF, by the way, MJF did a hell of a job at Double or Nothing. We covered that in our Double or Nothing review. Um, but, yeah, who is next for this guy, man? Will it be CM Punk? I think CM Punk would make best for all in, probably. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wonder whose MJF opponent is going to be going into um yeah, all in. Like, you know, um, if that is gonna if they're gonna start that kind of if they're gonna start that that rivalry soon. Yeah, but um we'll see. But um now we get to the to, to the hood segment. As uh Tony Shavari was in the ring again, he introduced the FTW champion hook. Shivani talked to Hood about helping the Hardys win on Sunday, giving Matt Hardy the contract of Ethan Page. But before Hood can say what's next, the El Fashion interrupted as Joe, the assistant, said this is what they had to do to get there an opportunity. Roosh is too dangerous to be on TV, but isn't there tonight. But tells press advance and drag out to attack Hood, which they did. But then Jungle Boy Jack Perry made the save and took out both Vance and, and Dragonito on the ramp with a chair. While Jose tried to retreat to the ring, 
he was met with a suplex from Hook, and then Jungle Hook, Jungle Hook stood tall, and then they stared uh, Vance and Drago on the ramp. So um, I know a lot of people on social media said when um, Jungle Boy said when Jungle Boy had uh, Jungle Boy had the chair, he was like, "Oh, he had all, all black. Is he gonna turn heel?" I was like, "It's not bad, but." If he was to turn heel, then I would say let him reunite with um with Christian with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus, so that way they could be that heel um Jurassic Express if they want to go that route. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Jungle Boy had a he showed a moment where he was going to do kind of a cheat like hit hit um Darby with the belt and double or nothing. Maybe that was the seed. Maybe he is gonna look to go into that dark place so he can know what it feels like so he can get what he wants next time and not let the belt slip away from him again. Um but yeah I'm actually kind of I'm a little over hooks gimmick this whole not talking thing. Uh I feel like Orange Cassidy already has that locked down. So to see Hook constantly do it. And also, Hook didn't sell his beatdown. He got beat down by Preston Vance and my mans. But then when he got in the ring with Jungle Boy, he wasn't selling anymore. He was just back to normal pacing. Doesn't look confident in the ring. Uh, he looks confident when he fights, but when he has to do these promo bits, not so much. So I think they need to put Hook with somebody. I think they need to put Hook with some talker, or somebody that can help him out in that regard. Because uh, I think his gimmick is getting a little stale. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll definitely see. Because um, everybody's saying, oh, he needs to turn heel. He needs to turn heel. But I'm like, hold up. Let it let it play out first. And we'll see how that goes. I'm like, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for that whole, that whole shtick to end. And maybe Jungle Boy would bring it out of him. All right. And then we go to our oh no, oh no wait. Before we get to the uh, to the TBS title match, uh Renee Brockett was backstage with the new AW women's world champion Tony Storm, uh, along with Sharia and Ruby uh, Soho from the Outcasts. Storm said, luck had nothing to do with her title win on Sunday as he traveled around the world to get to this point. Soho praised Storm's work that day while Sharia did the same as Storm said, they are the only ones lucky that the, a- that, that the AEW fans need. So, um, like I said before, they gonna let it, uh, they, they gonna let Tony Storm's uh, title reign play out and then when we get to all that, we get to all in, which is going to be um in England, then that's when JB Hader returns and get her title back. I can see that. I can definitely see that. But moving from the women's championship to the TBS championship, and this is why I don't I don't understand. This what gets me all the time. Whenever there's a new champion crown, why does Nyla Rose have to always get the first shot? I don't get it. I don't get it. 
I think because Nyla looks opposed and she looks like a big figure, you know, she might be a, just a great way to. Uh, I mean, also, she's an OG too. Chris Lantlander is coming off a major injury. They might want to put her in the ring with somebody she's comfortable with and familiar with. It's going to help Chris out if things, you know, go bad. Yeah, but nothing against Nyla Rose. Uh, she was good, but I, but I feel like every time there's a new champion, uh, Nyla Rose always got to get the first shot. Always got to get the first shot. You know how I'm starting to see Nyla Rose kind of as their, as like Natalia, like you know how WWE has Natty, um, and like Natty always kind of helps the girls out, takes takes the L, but they have a safe match. That's kind of how I'm seeing Nyla. Nyla can work with these. With these women and be safe and care, help them carry through. Um, so it's about making sure Chris Statlander is getting comfortable. She's been out of the ring for a minute. I know she's been training, but nothing like being on TV again, you know. So work with someone that she's familiar with before she started working with all this new talent. Yeah, uh, well, we'll see how that goes. But um, I wouldn't say about. Uh, I wouldn't say about new talent for this one because um uh, Tyre Vackery was so bad stage watching, so that could be a next potential challenger for um yeah. for Chris. And Kat again, Tyre Vackery is somebody with you know ten plus years experience, worked all over the world. So another somebody who has that kind of care and you know that they that can that can help carry a match with someone who is getting back in the swing of things. Yeah. And um, I forgot to mention, this was Chris Stander's first match on Dynamite since January of 2022. Wow. So over a year. Like a, a year in and a couple Six of months. months. Yeah. yeah. That is wild. So welcome back, Chris Statlander. I was a big fan of hers. My wife is a big fan of Chris Statlander. Um, so, yeah, we're happy to see her back. Yeah. And uh, also, also, let's give it up for Jay one more time in the building. Let's just give it up for Jay. 60 in one. Hella impressive. I know she's going to be off TV for a little bit, but, you know, that's going to suck. But happy to see her when she come back. It's already been rumored that she's going to come back with a huge baby face push. Uh, I say when we bring her back on TV, it's time to put her to the world title picture. It's time. Yeah, why not? It's time. She deserved it. Yeah, and then um, Statlander, uh, won with the uh, with the uh, four fifty splash for the victory. Um, Valkyrie was not impressed when she was walking on the bat, but uh, Valkyrie, let me just say this: Mama's home. Mama's, Mama's home. home. And then uh, the main event, Adam Cole. And Dr. Britt Break of DMD versus Chris Jericho and Soraya. So um a pretty good uh the fun main event as uh Jericho did suffer a um the the claw from uh from Britt Breaker, which that was funny. But um in the end though, Adam Cole and Britt Breaker uh, picked up the win here. So um there's a lot of questions here coming out of this. Is this feud actually over, or is this gonna go uh, going to, to uh, continue? Because um, 
I can definitely see Brit Breaker continuing her feud with the Outcast. Maybe um, let Brit Breaker um, get into the to the world title picture with Tony Storm until um, Jamie Hayter returns. I can see that happening. But um, what are we gonna do with um, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho? Are they gonna wrap their rap, are they feud? Or is is this gonna continue to forbidden door? So there's a lot of questions here. For sure, for sure. Um, I think um I do want to say this. I like Adam Cole. I like him better as a heel. Uh, I, I think for some reason he's just just, just he's just a much better heel to me than a babyface. Um but overall this is a really good match. I think um which, um Jericho and Britt Baker exchanged a lot. Jericho allowed Britt Baker to do a lot of moves to him. Of course, he can't do too many moves to her, um, but he did allow her to kind of take advantage of things. That also kind of plays into the Fight Forever video game. Um, you know, there's intergenerational battles on there. But yeah, this was a really good, this is their, I'm, I know this was their first ever intergener, intergender main event match. Um, and it works really well. Um, you know, after Ty Mello kind of has her baby and back in the ring, I can see Britt Baker and Adam Cole versus Sammy and Ty. Um, and if there's uh, maybe even Kip Sabian and um, damn, yeah, Sabian's, what's his wife's name? I just forgot it. Oh, um, Penelope Ford. There we go. I knew I know. Uh, so Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. So there's a couple of co- co- couples in there. And I'm sure they can always, you know, add in a couple or more. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll see Adam Cole as a heel uh, for 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 a long time because, um, yeah, the way they picture Adam Cole, he's like he's the, super. Uh, yeah, their baby. How face. I say this? He's like the new Cody Rhodes and John Cena. When you look at it as a new face of AEW. Yeah, like uh, Cody Rose and Brandy and everything. Brandy Rose. Yeah. So, but yeah, so far, I mean, that was a really good match for them. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. Really liked it. Um, it was entertaining. I think this match was better than the Double or Nothing match, to be honest. Yes, um, it the, was. Yes, it was. The, the crowd was more behind this match. They really cared. The crowd was not behind them in Double or Nothing. So I mean, um, so the crowd was sleep most, most to, of the show. The crowd was sleep. He said what? The crowd was sleep. The only time they were up is when the two main events were came on. That was slow. No, I, for double or nothing, I really do feel like uh, I think they woke up on the FTR match. Um, I really do feel like they were up for the first match. Um, they for the battle royal. They went straight to sleep on Adam Cole and Jericho, but FTR versus Jarrett and Jay Lethal, I think, got them back on their toes. And I think they, and then I went right into the ladder match, and I think they got picked up right after that. But before that, I mean, that one match, uh, maybe it was just too much going on for the crowd um, to really focus in. But I don't know, man. Because uh, the last previews I've been seeing, the international crowds, they do a lot more better than the, the us in America. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, the international crowds, I can definitely understand that because they don't get it as often. 
um, you know, they may not even watch or follow along with the TV program as much. Um, but when they get it, it's going to be, yeah, hella, 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 hella loud. Um, but I do think, I do think the crowd was there. I think this crowd tonight was really well. Um, and I also think double or nothing crowd was good for the most part instead of that damn one fight. If you go back and watch, they picked up on the FTR and they were with that and they were with it after that. They really was with the, um, the four pillars match. Um, but yes, but yeah, so this crowd definitely cared more about the Jericho and um, Jericho and Adam Cole beef. Not so much for double or nothing. Yeah, this crowd was more uh, awakened for, for Dynamite than, uh, than for double or nothing. But um, we'll see how they go. But uh, going into Forbidden Door, because like I said before, um, we go, we're going to see a lot of New Japan stars uh, uh, coming in on Dynamite for the next couple of weeks, especially on for this week's uh, Rampage. We're getting a Triple uh, A Mega Championship to being defended. Uh, we got the uh, New Japan Strong Women's World title being defended. We got the New Japan TV title being defended. And then, of course, um, the RRH pure title being defended. So it's pretty much a championship uh, Friday for Rampage uh, this week. And then for next week's Dynamite, we got Ricky Starks and Drew, and versus Jay White with Juice Robinson and FTR being banned from ringside. And Orange Cassidy defends the AEW international title against Serb Strickland. Gotcha. Sound like a really hype show. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's so that's this week's um, uh, the dynamite review. So, um, yeah, we're we're building close to um, uh, to, to not only Forbidden Door, we're building up to uh, to co collision as well. So, um, it's going to be an entry uh, month of June. Well, it sounds like the summer is about to pick up, especially leading into. Um, especially leading into all in, it sounds like things are ramping the f up. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, before we wrap up, anything you uh, anything else you want to plug in? Well, guys, as always, we're talking about empathy. Getting ready to come at featuring Anthony. Uh, go go. Our teaser trailer just reached over 107,000 views today. Uh, we did go look at our premiere spot. Guys, I'm, I'm excited to announce our premiere will be July 29th in Atlanta, Georgia at the Tara Theater in Brookhaven or Druid Hill. So, um, guys, I'm excited to be able to announce that. We are looking forward to show this movie. I can't wait for you to see what kind of promo uh, Anthony Agogo cut in this movie as his character Demetrius Watkins and see all the hard work and effort that we put into this film. Uh, it's been a long road and it's finally starting to come to an end. Um, new trailers about to get, getting ready to get cut. New posts are getting ready to come out. But we are there. We are there. It's finally coming to fruition so if you guys have any questions about that or you want to know more about it you can follow our facebook at empathy film or our instagram at empathy underscore film 
Yeah, and we'll definitely keep you guys updated with everything that we post and everything. So yeah, so yeah, so be on the lookout for that as we are beginning. We're getting towards the, the towards the premiere and in the end of July. So y'all, so yeah, to keep an eye on, on that. But um, uh, other than that, he is Leland and I'm Trico, and we're signing off, and we'll see y'all soon. Peace.